Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Phillies Today podcast. I, of course, am your host, Dan Wilson, coming to you. Uh, following an off day uh, on Memorial Day. Phillies off on Memorial Day following uh, a four-game series down in Atlanta, a series in which they split 2-2. Two to two. Uh, Coming up this week, they have a series in New York at City Field in D.C. at Nationals Park uh, before returning home to play the Detroit Tigers next week. And a number of takeaways from this series, but I wanted to start with what I just said, uh, coming to you following an off day on Memorial Day. And, and this is just, I'll get this out of the way real quick. It's not really a a take on the Phillies, but more so a take on Major League Baseball and just kind of where the game stands as a whole. I think Major League Baseball has made unbelievable strides uh, when it comes to this past offseason. I think the pitch clock, I, I, there was probably some pushback from it and some of the more hardcore, like old-school fans of the game. I know a lot of the players, especially pitchers, don't like it. Guys like Bryce Harper have voiced their concerns with it. Zach Wheeler flat out says... He hates it. Um, but in general, I think just about all fans, it, that has been a very small minority of people who are still defending the idea of no pitch clock. This pitch clock has been great. It, this, the games are going in three hours or less. There's a real pace to it. And it's not as if you're ruining the integrity of the game, in my opinion. Like, we're now here at the, I think this is a good time to kind of address where Major League Baseball is. We're now here at Memorial Day, which is like, you know, a little bit past the quarter pole of the season. And to assess how Major League Baseball has done with this rule change, I think it's great. And I'm a baseball purist, if you will. I don't like to see the game change too much. But really what it did is just eliminated a lot of just garbage. Garbage time, BS time, time that did not need to be spent sitting around players just, you know, playing the cat and mouse game of, I'm um, taking a timeout, I'm getting back in the batter's box, pitchers, staring down hitters longer than they need to. Now there's a real pace to the game. Batters can only take one time out in the batter's box, and the game just moves. The game just moves, and it keeps people in their seats. It keeps people at home watching on TV. It forces you, if you're at the game and you want to get up and go have a beer or go get con- concessions of any kind or go to the bathroom, like you actually got to hurry because these games move, and these games are moving uh, like basketball games. So that in and of itself has been one of the most, I think, Honestly, I don't think it's even tongue-in-cheek or exaggerating uh, to say this. One of the most revolutionary changes that baseball will ever see is the pitch clock. And I know it had been toyed with in the minors, but to actually put that in Major League Baseball. They expanded the bases. It's really you know helped with stolen bases, and they took the shift away. And there's just a lot more offense, and the game moves, and less downtime, more excitement. That's what we all want. Major League Baseball ultimately achieved that this past offseason. So overall, regardless of what you think of maybe the other rules, the no shift, I wasn't as huge of a fan of uh, making the bases larger. 
I get why they're doing it, but again, I, I think it would have been fine keeping it the same. The limited number of pickoff throws, I, I get being anti all those things. The pitch clock itself, uh, and again, with the general sentiment of what Major League Baseball is trying to do, I think has been overall positive. Now, Major League Baseball in general has a reputation, and in particular Commissioner Rob Manfred, of just being like behind the times. Being behind the times when it comes to little things, marketing the game, marketing the game nationally, marketing your stars, etc. Case in point, the NFL schedules a full slate of national TV games on Thanksgiving. They now do it on Christmas. The NBA plays on Christmas Day. The NBA plays on Martin Luther King Day. They have their all-star game uh, over President's Weekend. Big-time sport. the NHL plays the Winter Classic on New Year's Day. Big-time sports find holidays and market marquee games around them. The NFL is now going to play on Black Friday. You find big-time holidays when people are home, when people have off of work, and you schedule games around it. That's the nature of sports. It always has been the nature of sports and entertainment industry. The game stops for nothing. And it's not like Major League Baseball stopped on Monday. There were 22 of 30 teams in action playing uh, on this past Monday. We're talking about Memorial Day, the unofficial start of summer. There are three summer holidays, Memorial Day, July 4th, and Labor Day. And if you follow me on Twitter, at Dan underscore Wilson 4, you would know if you just have been following the Phillies for the last calendar year, that the Phillies now in the last calendar year last year had off July 4th, they had off Labor Day, and now they've had off Memorial Day. Major League Baseball cannot get out of its own way on this one for what reason, I have no idea. You have three summer holidays at your disposal. Is there any conceivable reason any listener or anyone out there can think of as to why there's not a full slate of games on each of these holidays? You have all all 30 teams should be in action, either ESPN or TBS or even MLB Network or one of the broadcast partners should have a slate of four games on a day like today or a day like Memorial Day. One o'clock, four o'clock, seven o'clock, 10 o'clock, just like opening day. Just like opening day when you have national TV games across the board and everyone's playing, it should be that kind of event every Memorial Day, every July 4th, and every Labor Day. And Major League Baseball just consistently squanders this opportunity. There were a whole bunch of people throughout the Delaware Valley. Well, I'm sure you know a lot of people went down the shore uh, the, over Memorial Day weekend or to the mountains or whatever who would have loved to go take the radio out to the beach, or go spend some downtime watching the game, would have been a perfect, perfect opportunity. And same thing on July 4th. Philadelphia, America's birthplace, should host an annual July 4th game, the same way the Dallas Cowboys host a game every year on Thanksgiving or on Labor Day. And the Phillies do play on July 4th and Labor Day this year, for what it's worth. They're not home on either of them. They're in Tampa uh, on July 4th, uh, and I forget where they are on Labor Day. But nevertheless, you get the idea. Why does Major League Baseball refuse to treat those holidays like it's just some regular Monday in the the case of Memorial Day? There was no reason for the Phillies to be off. No reason Major League Baseball shouldn't be treating these days like opening day. They could own. They could own those days. Memorial Day, yeah, you still have, uh, you had an NBA Game 7 and an NHL Game 6. He had advancing to the NBA Finals, the Vegas Golden Knights advancing to the Stanley Cup Finals. So, okay, I get it. Maybe not at night. Baseball wouldn't have owned the entire day. But they could have owned, Major League Baseball could have owned the afternoon prior to 8 o'clock on Monday. And on July 4th, there's a guarantee of no sports going on. And on Labor Day, you have some college football going on, but pretty much a guarantee during the day of no professional sports 
going on. And for some reason, for some inconceivable reason, Major League Baseball refuses to take what's given to them. That Every Sunday, there's a full slate of games, and there's a Sunday night baseball game. And for some reason, on in every Saturday, it's like that. And every Tuesday or Wednesday, there's usually a full slate of games. Why baseball doesn't choose to... Uh, market a full slate of games or full slate of national TV games or just somehow make it a big deal playing on Memorial Day, playing on July 4th, playing on Labor Day, scheduling marquee matchups on those days doesn't make any sense to me. It never has made any sense to me. It never will make any sense to me. Uh, It was a bummer to see the Phillies not play Memorial Day. Now I got that out of the way. Uh, Let's actually talk about how the team is playing, which is now they're 25 and 28. Uh, They split a series 2-2 in Atlanta, which realistically, I think is the best possible scenario. I don't think there was any world in which the Phillies were not going to were gonna do any better than split 2-2. I don't think there's any world in which they were winning 3-4. out of four. Truist Park uh, has been a house of horrors for this Phillies team uh, for a while now. I think some of the some of the mystique of the Phillies consistently losing to the Braves was dropped last year when they beat them in the division series. Although I say the mystique of losing to them, the Phillies have really struggled in Atlanta more so than against the Braves. They're, I was actually surprised to read that, courtesy of Corey Seidman, he tweeted it earlier in the series, and I'm adding the most recent two games to it, but he's tweeted before the game on Saturday that the Phillies and Braves in their last 76 games were 38-38 and 38 against each other, and that includes last year's division series that goes back to the final regular season series of 2018. I was surprised to hear that. I think a lot of Phillies fans were probably surprised to hear that. I think a lot of Braves fans would be surprised to hear that. It feels like the Braves have had far more success in that time frame than the Phillies have. Certainly more postseason success. They won the World Series in there. And, you know, I get that the Phillies have played them close in a number. Like, it feels like the Phillies, well, I can remember a number of games where they've played them close or won at Citizens Bank Park, but that the bad memories of playing at Truist Park far outweigh the good in that particular case. Not actually true. Like the, the Phillies have it is true that the Phillies have not played well in Atlanta, but the Braves haven't played well in Philadelphia for a while now. So it really, really was big uh, when you think about it, how huge it was that the Phillies stole that game one of the division series last year in Atlanta, splitting those first two games two to two, and they got it back to Citizens Bank Park and never let the series shift back to Atlanta. I mean that that is just how they got that series done. And what the second of four playoff win or uh, four playoff series, three playoff series wins for that Phillies team. Absolutely huge. They were able to get that done. The Phillies have been really bad at Truist Park in that time frame, but have actually played uh, the big bad Atlanta Braves who look like they're running away with the National League East again, or certainly they are at the moment, uh, and have a World Series in the last couple of years. The Phillies have actually played them closer than I thought. But Truist Park has been a house of horrors, and they have not been good, uh, not been a good baseball team down in Atlanta. Splitting 2-2 two and two seems like the biggest realistic win you can get. But the frustrating part about it was not them getting killed on national TV. They played a Sunday night baseball game uh, the, day, um, bef- the day before uh, Labor Day here. And, I mean, they got killed. They, they got absolutely blown out of the water. 11-4. The Braves put up a 7 spot in the first inning. Dylan Covey, who was picked up off waivers, uh, did not even make it through the first inning. And that's I believe now three times in the last month that a Phillies pitcher has not made it through the first inning, and that's unacceptable to begin with. But we're in a situation now where, I mean, this fifth starter is and the rotational depth that the Phillies have 
uh, is a problem. And I'll, I'll get to what really disappointed me uh, in this series in just a second. But we'll start with the fifth starter in, in this game of them losing 11-4 to where they had a chance to win a series 3-4 to and say that the fifth starter spot has come up 10 times this year for the Phillies, and I believe they're 1-9 in those starts where there was Dylan Covey. Uh, for a while there, it was actually, you know, it was the Bailey Falter spot, and it's just been really built. It, it actually, to begin the season, looked like Matt Strom, and he pitched way better. But I'm talking about the spot that was like Bailey Falter uh, and Dylan Covey split now. It is the fifth spot, fourth spot, whatever you want to look at it. It's certainly the fifth spot now, but to begin the season, you would have said it was Matt Strom. Matt Strom did actually his job way better than anyone expected uh, earlier in the season when he was asked to start games. The Bailey Falter slash Dylan Covey spot, again, Bailey Falter was sent down to the minor leagues, and it was time. He was horrible. Uh, It was not productive at all for this Phillies team. But Dylan Covey, it was such a lock that he was not going to pitch well in Atlanta. He is not... He pitched okay in his first start. They're probably going to trot him out there again uh, in five days against the Washington Nationals. But Dave Dombrowski has to do something about this, and he he likely has to do something about this like well before the trade deadline. We're sitting here at Memorial Day, and the Phillies are three games below 500. And again, I know they sat in a similar spot to this j- just last year, and they made it to the World Series. But I mean, they you think about it, they're very fortunate that they even got in the playoffs as the last spot, and. You know, if the Brewers close out the se- the season a little bit better, they would not have even made the playoffs. And when you're you when you go to the World Series a season ago, usually you're at least somewhat in contention uh, for the division, and they're not even in contention for for the National League East as of this moment. Again, they just went two and two against the Braves. Uh, but if you look at the divisional standings, they're still sitting six and a half games back of them. And in fourth place, like the Marlins and Mets are also both better than them. They have a series against the Mets this week that are uh, some fairly important games. But that this this whole idea that the the Phillies are in contention for the division or would be in contention for the division doesn't look so great right now. And this idea that the, Dave Dombrowski can wait until the trade deadline to address that fifth spot again, I know you're not going to get great value. Uh, probably this early before the trade deadline because there's a lot of teams who still think they're going to be in contention. The Phillies by the trade deadline will be buyers. Like they're, it's almost hard to imagine based upon what the wild card looks like. And right now they're, I'm not saying they're not slipping away. I mean they're two and a half back uh, of the Marlins for that final wild card spot. But there's so many teams in the mix as a result of them adding that extra wild card spot. You add that on with what they did a year ago and how much payroll they have invested in this team. Like they're going to be buyers at the deadline. Certainly the biggest need this team has right now. The bullpen's actually been holding it down pretty solid. The offense, you figure, will come around. They, they need st- like rotational depth. They absolutely need to address this final spot in the rotation. The answer is not Bailey Falter. The answer is not Dylan Covey. Uh, it's going to be David Dombrowski's job to find some pitcher unhappy in his situation or some team looking to move on from a contract, whatever the case might be. Uh, I don't exactly know who that name's going to be. It's who will end up a Philly uh, within the next two months, but I'm not so sure he can even wait for those next two months. Uh, time certainly slipping away. So that was takeaway number one from this series. Now, takeaway number two in terms of disappointment level, I was most disappointed. You kind of expect that you're not going to win the Dylan Covey game. Like, if you're Rob Thompson right now, I know Dave Dombrowski's probably telling you, like, be patient. I'm trying to deal for a fifth starter here. But you're, you're making... You're, you're trying to make do of what you got. Rob Thompson... 
trying to manage a team and you get those that Friday and Saturday win over the Braves and you probably know you're not going to win on Sunday Night Baseball. It would have been really nice if they could have started the series out with a win and Aaron Nola pitching six innings but allowing five runs and giving up the lead early and then the Phillies take the lead back and then he relinquishes the lead again. Uh, he's been wildly frustrating so far this season. He is pitched nowhere. I, again, we can keep saying it about we can keep saying it about him and Wheeler about how many innings uh, they pitched a season ago. But finally, Zach Wheeler did look like a prime Zach Wheeler. He in Saturday's game, he goes out and gives you eight innings of scoreless baseball and helps the Phillies grind out a two to one win. Like that was the Zach Wheeler we have gotten used to. That's the ace who finally showed up. If you want to talk about what Aaron Nola has done in so far this season, his ERA is four five nine. He looks really, I mean, that really good start in Houston, I believe it was, and he's had other starts where he's looked good, but in terms of consistency, it just hasn't been there. He hasn't been able to string a number of starts, good starts in a row. He he did stop the bleeding uh, a couple of starts ago when they were on that ridiculously long losing streak, and then. He kind of started the winning ways again against the Cubs, I believe it was. Uh, but man, oh man, Aaron Nola, like, it's just, it's really frustrating to watch. And this isn't a contract year, and he's looking for like a $200 million extension. I mean, at this rate, this is not going to happen. At this rate, Aaron Nola is a guy who you know is going to be like best availability, best abilities, availability. You know, he's going to give you 200 innings and he's going to give you length. But Aaron Nola, in terms of, you want to discuss him in a way that's like he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. And statistically, his numbers always kind of even out to that. And he's been among uh, the leaders for Cy Young, like in a number of seasons, including last season, like top 10 in voting. He can just be a really frustrating pitcher to watch. The Phillies are coming off an emotional, you know, come from behind victory. Trey Turner has a home run down to their final out. Uh, to tie the game, and then they win an extras over the Diamondbacks to salvage a series, and you're trying to ride any momentum you can from that at all, and Aaron Nola just soils it within the first couple innings in Atlanta. It's just really, really frustrating anytime there's like some stakes around the game that it doesn't feel like you can really rely on him. Again, I know he, he came up big last year in terms of the, getting the Phillies into the playoffs, and you know they, they probably don't go on that run without him in a lot of senses, but it is he can just be a really, really frustrating pitcher to watch. And in terms of reliability... I can be super frustrating, and him and Wheeler both this season, but you know, for now, hats off to Zach Wheeler because uh, he did pitch well uh, in this series. So in terms of the looking looking ahead, and I'll, I'll give a series preview uh, on the other side here, but series against the Mets, series, series against the Nationals, series against uh, the Detroit Tigers when you come home, you're currently three games below 500, and two of those teams, the Tigers and Nationals, not good at all, and the Mets also not that far ahead of you, a game and a half, uh, in the standings as of right now. Like you're looking at a situation where maybe it's too much to ask to get two, th- two out of three in New York. Should not be too much to ask to uh, go get two out of three in D.C. and then coming home against two out of three in Detroit. Like it feels like over the next nine games, uh, you know, six and three should not be too much to ask for. Certainly not five and four. Uh, but the, the rate this team's going is probably what they'll do. If the Phillies could get to a point where a six and three over this next nine game stretch, you're back to 500. You're in early June, and now you just try and keep your head above water. Uh, that's really my realistic target for this team as of right now. Uh, the fifth starter spot in these next nine games, I guess it's only going to come up once. So it, 
I mean, it feels like you're punting that game as of right now. That's certainly frustrating. That game will be in D.C., so maybe they can get away with it because uh, the Nationals have a minor league lineup in comparison to uh, what the Braves tried out there every day. So that will be frustrating, uh, but a big week of baseball uh, up ahead for this Phillies team. A big National League East road trip here, uh, Braves, Mets, and Nationals. Uh, Phillies have not played a lot of division games so far this season, especially uh, with the alternate schedule, with the alternative schedule that they've implemented here. Uh, but cool to get these National League East games back, and they're important games. And whether you're contending for the division or not, whether you're contending just for a wild card, uh, these are games that you know if the NL East is going to be a good division, there's going to be multiple teams in the mix. Uh, you need to stack up wins against these teams because you might be dealing with tiebreakers uh, and just facing them. And if you win a game, it means they lose a game. Uh, at the end of the year, these games are going to matter uh, big time. So those are my takeaways from the Braves series. On the other side, we'll give you uh, the kind of series preview for the Mets series. All that and more on the other side. You're listening to the Phillies Today podcast right here. I am Dan Wilson. Welcome back to the Phillies Today podcast. Again, game one of a three-game set. Phillies and Mets coming up uh, later tonight at City Field. Uh, 7-10 start. Uh, it'll be two 7-10 starts uh, on Tuesday and Wednesday, and then on Thursday a 1-10 start uh, up against the New York Mets. The first Phillies-Mets series of the year. Very, very uh, exciting here. Uh, Mets will make their first trip to Philadelphia in June, I believe. Again, they only make uh, the Phillies make two trips up to City Field all season this, and then uh, the final series of the year. Uh, and then the Mets, same thing. They only come to Citizens Bank Park twice this season. So uh, it will be very interesting uh, to see the debut of these two teams, uh, two teams who were in the playoffs last year, obviously, and kind of nice to see that rivalry come back. But so far this season, uh, not the best of teams. Mets riding right at 500, 27 and 27. Phillies 25 and 28. Uh, in game one, it'll be uh, Ranger Suarez going up against uh, Kodai Senga. Senga coming in with a 3.94 ERA, coming off a start at Wrigley, five innings pitched, three runs allowed, uh, five walks uh, and six strikeouts in that game for Senga, uh, and a 12th strikeout performance uh, in his performance before that in the rotation against the Tampa Bay Rays. Again, 3.94 ERA in the season has been pretty solid, pretty, pretty solid uh, for the Mets this year. So the Phillies' offense will try and hit off of him. And on the other side, and this is really what I'm looking for on Tuesday night, what every Phillies fan should be looking for, is it kind of got overshadowed by that you know, inspirational, miraculous walk-off win uh, against the Diamondbacks last week. But, you know, Ranger Suarez has really not been himself at all so far for the Phillies. Uh, he's had three starts, one in Colorado where he only went four innings, allowed three runs. Then five days later, he pitches against the Cubs at home and allows four runs through two innings and then allowed five runs against the Diamondbacks. Like, we need, we as a fan base all need to see like a vintage Ranger Suarez type of start, like a 2022 Ranger Suarez type of start where we can all believe in him. It's not going to take much. We all need to see just like one solid start at City Field on Tuesday, and we'll all be back in on Ranger Suarez. But for the guy's confidence, I mean, just go out there and pitch like seven innings, two runs, something like that. And the Phillies could really, really use that. Uh, they're two aces or not aces or whatever you don't call it. They're 1A, 1B. Uh, they're 1 and 2. Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola have not been themselves so far this season. The Phillies could really, really use a big start uh, out of Ranger Suarez, especially coming off an off day. Set yourself up to actually uh, win a series because it feels like the Phillies always lose the first game of a series and are trying to come back from that. So it would be a nice change of pace if Ranger Suarez pitched well. It would be a nice change of pace uh, if the Phillies could actually win game one of a series. It would be a nice change of pace if they could actually you know, beat the New York Mets in a playoff series or in a regular season series, I should say, and you set yourself up for maybe now you actually have a winning road trip as you go to D.C. for three games, uh, and the Phillies can inch themselves back 
closer to 500, and maybe they meet that goal or exceed that goal uh, again by the end of that uh, Tiger series when they return home next week. That'll do it for today's episode of the Phillies Today podcast. I, of course, am your host, Dan Wilson. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 